Your thoughts will always dictate the quality of your life. Welcome to the Anxious Therapist Podcast, a safe space where we believe vulnerability is the key to happiness. Consider this a long overdue tough love episode and know all the while you're listening to this that I am also speaking this unto myself. (laughs) I need this reminder as well and I know that when I'm struggling with something and I share it with all of you, that's when it seems to resonate the most. So today we need to talk about your brain, our brains, and the thoughts that we have. I'd like to reintroduce you to the topic of an STFBR, which is just a fun acronym for situations, thoughts, feeling, behavior, and results. This is something that I taught to my adolescent clients for years and years and years, something we would do every single day as a part of our cognitive behavioral therapy, a way of acknowledging how our thoughts factor into our emotional state and the reality of our life. Okay, so when you think about a situation leads to a thought about that situation. Okay, so something happens and you have a thought about it. It could be a neutral thought. It could be a negative thought. It could be a really positive thought, right? The situation is your boss offers you a promotion. Your first thought might be, this is awesome. I'm going to get a raise. Your first thought might be, I am already taking on too much work and I am stressed out. I can't handle this. Your first thought might be, I don't really want to stay in this job anymore. I was looking somewhere else. So now I don't know what to think. Okay, but every situation leads to a thought. Situation could be something mundane like sitting in traffic or walking around Target, checking the mail, playing with your kids, whatever. We have a million and one situations that we experience every single day. So that means we have a million and one thoughts about what we are experiencing. All right. So that's the first thing to consider is that situations in our life, aka experiences, aka moments in time, lead to thoughts about those situations. Okay. When we have a thought about something, it leads to a feeling. So if we take the work example, the situation is your boss has offered you a promotion, okay? If your thought is, wow, I'm going to get a raise, your feeling is probably going to be excited, fulfilled, satisfied, proud, right? If the situation is that your boss offers you a promotion, your thought is, I am already taking on way more than I can handle. I'm not ready for this. The feeling might be confused, Uh, disappointed, discouraged, right? So every time something happens, you have a thought about it, your brain fires off, and then it leads to a feeling. So now in my body, I'm feeling a type of way about the situation, okay? Once I have a feeling, it leads to a behavior. Now I'm going to act on that that feeling that I've had, all right? Because I The situation was presented, I thought about it, I had a feeling about it, and now I'm going to behave a type of way. 
So my behavior might be telling my boss, thank you for this opportunity. I'm so excited. I can't wait to get started. I'm going to make you so proud. Or it might be telling your boss, I actually have to turn down this promotion. I am feeling too stressed and I I don't want to take this position on. Okay, that's the behavior. And finally, the result is what happens as a result of your behavior. Okay, so if your behavior is, I feel excited and I'm ready to take on this promotion, the result is you get promoted and now you're making more money and you have more responsibilities and you're growing in your field, right, in your career. If you turn down the promotion, the result is you are protecting your inner peace and you feel satisfied that you did not add something to your plate that you felt like you couldn't handle, okay? So an STFBR, I want you to remember that, like the back of your hand. A situation leads to a thought, leads to a feeling, leads to a behavior, leads to a result. And you can break down every single instance in your life in an STFBR. From I used to joke with my, my adolescent clients as I was teaching them this. Um, you can, I said, if you can't come up with anything today, because this is something we used to do every single day. They're like, I haven't had any situations yet today. I said, you've had 25 minimum since you woke up this morning. Okay, your first situation, shutting off your alarm clock. Your second situation, deciding what clothes to wear, right? Your third situation, eating breakfast. It, I mean, I could go on and on. Every single thing, a situation leads to a thought, okay? Picking out my breakfast this morning, situation. This is a real life example. I come downstairs. My morning routine is always me getting up before the boys and having my breakfast and moving my body. So I come downstairs. I take honey on her morning walk. I open up the fridge because I had asked Eric, my husband, to, to pick up eggs last night on his way home from the gym. I open up the fridge. There's no eggs. So immediately my situation is, oh shit, I th- right? There's no eggs. I was going to have eggs for breakfast. My thought is, man, this sucks. I really wanted to have eggs. My feeling is disappointed, let down, right? I'm having all these thoughts and feelings about how my husband said he was going to do something and then he didn't. So I'm bummed out. I'm a little upset with him and just peeved at the situation, right? And then my behavior is closing the fridge and finding something else to eat, okay? And the result was I, what did I have this morning for breakfast? Oh, I had a bagel instead, okay? So that's a simple STFBR. You can be doing this all day, every day, okay? But my point of reminding you of this is that your thoughts dictate your overall satisfaction with life. Now I'll prove it to you because this is where we get defensive. And this is where you say, well, Jacqueline, I didn't ask to be depressed and I didn't ask to experience the trauma that I experienced or have anxiety or struggle with ADHD or have an eating disorder or, 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 right? I didn't want all of these things. It's not my fault that my brain thinks negative thoughts or that my brain struggles. I can't control that. That's my mental health. I'm, I'm not asking you to A, justify your mental health. You're safe here. I know those things are valid. What I'm asking you is that we explore the amount of control that you have over your thoughts. 
Okay, just by, we're just asking a question. We're just getting curious about the way that your brain works. So your thoughts are unconscious most of the time. You don't think about the thoughts that you're having. You just experience them, have a feeling as a result of those thoughts, which leads to the way you behave or act, and that has a result. Okay? So it is time that we start checking our thoughts. How old were you when someone taught you that you can't believe everything you read on the internet? I mean, it's probably been 20 plus years since you were taught that, right? The internet came out. We all started using it to download songs illegally um, and burn our CDs, create our MySpace pages, right? Chat with our friends on AOL. But eventually somewhere along the way, we started seeing news articles on Yahoo and people started telling us like, well, you can't always believe what you see online. Oh, okay. So we learned that. We learned to question things on the internet from a very early age. So even now, (laughs) you probably see stuff online and you're like, dang, there's no way that's true. Like that's, that's really far out there. I, I'm not going to believe that. I mean, maybe, but I need some more information before I just accept that as truth, right? Because that's called deductive reasoning. It's logic. (laughs) You're saying I can't just take this for face value. We need to start doing the same thing with our thoughts, our brain, okay? When we experience a situation and we have that automatic thought about it, that thought is not always true. Many times in a situation, you only have a part of the story. So let's take my breakfast this morning, for example. I, didn't, I got over it really quickly. Um, I was like, you know what? He came home late from the gym last night. It's no big deal. But here's what happened. My husband came downstairs, and I came upstairs from working out, and he's like, I thought you were going to make muffins. <laughs> and I said, well, I was going to, but there wasn't any eggs. And he's like, oh, my God, I left the eggs in my truck overnight. I picked up two dozen eggs at the store, and I forgot to bring them in with me last night. So they sat in my truck overnight. Well, fortunately, we live in Minnesota, and it was 30 degrees out last night, so the eggs were fine, and we were still able to eat them, and I made muffins, and everything was fine. But had I acted on my first thought of, wow, I asked my husband to do one little thing and he couldn't even do it. He couldn't even remember to buy eggs. I would have then felt disrespected, disappointed, annoyed, angry, and therefore behaved in a way in which I was snarky and snide and rude and passive aggressive towards him first thing in the morning. But I didn't have the whole story. I didn't check my brain when my brain said, oh my God, he always does this. He always forgets when I ask him to do something. Okay. My brain told me that that was true. So then I would have gone about the day looking for all these other ways he disrespects me. All these other ways that he doesn't do what he says he's going to do. 
Oh, look at that. He also didn't put his dishes in the dishwasher. Oh, look at that. He also left a dirty Q-tip on the bathroom counter. Oh, look at that. He didn't put his shoes away. Oh, look at that. Right? And I would have just watched his behaviors all day, looking for evidence to back up that one thought that I had, that he disrespects me, he doesn't care, he's not thoughtful, all of these things. Do you see how in our relationships, one thought that we accept as being fact can ruin, can put this great divide between us and somebody that we care about deeply? The same is true about ourselves. When I'm struggling with my body image and I look in the mirror and I say, I'm never... I'm never going to feel comfortable in my skin again. I hate the way I look. This body isn't even mine. I'm growing a whole ass human and my body just keeps getting bigger and more uncomfortable in all these weird places where it's never been like this and my body's never going to be mine again and I hate it. Right? That's my thought. Leads to a feeling of self-loathing, self-hate, pity, disgust, which causes me to behave in what kind of way? Well, I might eat my feelings. I might start eating a pint of ice cream to try to numb it. I might overexercise or restrict my food. I might start poking and grabbing at the fat rolls on my body, wishing I could just cut it all off. I might hide under baggy clothes that I hate that don't make me feel good okay and the same goes for your mental health you wake up and the first thought you have is I'm an anxious depressed mess I'm a shit show I cannot get it together causes you to feel what kind of way anxious depressed isolated sad lonely which causes you to behave behave how you withdraw you stop doing the things that you like and that you care about you don't take care of yourself because hell you're not worth it anyway right according to your brain and that is the power of our thoughts the biggest mistake people make I coach a lot of people. I've had a lot of therapy clients, hundreds, hundreds, if not thousands of clients that I have worked with in the past 10 years. And the most common mistake that I see on the healing journey is this, trying to control your thoughts. I just need to stop thinking these things about myself. I just need to stop having thoughts that are so negative You cannot control your thoughts any more than you can control what's on the internet, right? But the same way that you question what is on the internet, you have to start questioning your own fucking thoughts. You have to be willing to say, is this a fact? Is this true? Okay, do I have the whole story? Or am I just jumping to conclusions? If you can start to question your thoughts and the validity of those thoughts, 
are they valid? Are they true? And do they encapsulate the entire story, the full picture? Because this, isn't, this conversation isn't even acknowledging how your thoughts have been shaped by your childhood and your traumatic life experiences and unhealthy relationships and years of unaddressed mental health needs, right? Like we're not even scratching the surface of why you're having these thoughts, But the fact of the matter is you are having them. You are having thoughts that are detrimental to your life satisfaction, to your happiness, to your peace. And if you do not start questioning the thoughts that you're having, you will continue to be miserable. You will continue to take those from a brain that has been trained to be negative, from a brain that has trained, been trained to look out for the worst and catastrophize and plan for the absolute worst case scenario because that's what it's used to, if you continue to take those thoughts at face value, your life will not improve. You don't need more money. You don't need a better life partner. You don't need a change in career or a nicer car to drive or kids who are better behaved or a pet that doesn't bark at you all the time or try to claw your eyes out. You you don't need to change the externals in your life any more than you need to change your internal dialogue, the thoughts that you're having. But you can't control them. You can't stop them from coming. The only power you have is changing the way you interact with those thoughts where you stop accepting them as fact and you start getting curious about is this true do i have the whole story once you can do that you run through that stfbr situation thought feeling behavior result know it memorize it like the back of your hand That will be key in getting to know yourself and making massive improvements to your overall mental health and wellness. Promise. I swear I was just talking at myself that whole time. I needed that message. Ooh, a good kick in the behind on this Tuesday afternoon, and I hope it's exactly what you needed too. Thank you for being vulnerable and always showing up for the podcast with an open mind and an open heart to receive the message that I'm sharing with you. If this hit home, please take a screenshot right now, share it to your Instagram stories and tag me at the anxious therapist. I love you guys and I can't wait to see you in the next episode.